Welcome to the Jungle Diaries, brought to you by the Salon Press from the Flame Tree Estate and Hotel. This pocket-sized plantation, no more than 25 acres of spices, trees and forest, hides deep in the jungle country north of Kandy, Sri Lanka's last kingdom. This is where you'll find me, shedding the norms of Notting Hill and Oxford, of cafes, corporations, caviar to plant trees, to breed goats and schnauzers, to crop pepper, run a boutique hotel, and document this small, well-kept secret of an island. Space, the Parahera and Danby, Tuesday the 15th of August, 2023. Thanks for the warning, came the text from Danby this morning. The message displayed his characteristic linguistic athleticism, lean, economic, pertinent, fully fortified against any misunderstandings whatsoever. An expatriate living in a house of books perched above a golden beach and surrounded by battlements of cinnamon, Danby's honed lifestyle ought to be on school syllabuses. If he is not surfing or beachcombing, he is searching out lost architectural glories in Europe or ambient tea estates or hot Colombo cafes. I had sent him the dates of the Candy Perahera, the country's supreme festival. Every night, for over a week, Lord Buddha's tooth relic is removed from his eponymous temple and paraded around Candy's shabby chic streets. The relic sits atop Sri Lanka's most senior elephant, swathed in robes of gold brocade and followed enthusiastically by thousands of serious priests, ecstatic dancers, fire-eaters, acrobats and junior elephants. The festival occurs in July or sometimes August. The date is kept flirtatiously vague until the last moment as monks and possibly weather forecasters and astrologers ponder the heavens to determine auspiciousness. I say weather forecasters because you could set your gardening clock by the dates of the Perahera. The blue monsoon rains only fall the day after the event ends. The forecasting is unerringly accurate. Whether Danby's message implied a fear of traffic jams, an aversion to excessive religiosity or a dislike of crowds was something he left teasingly open to speculation. Traffic jams was an unlikely causes belly. Merely thinking cars here is to invite traffic. Nor could it really be a distaste for excessive religiosity. Sri Lanka is nothing if not famously religious-minded. Living here happily presupposes an elastic tolerance if not devotion for the divine, with the option of some kind of temple, covil, mosque or church for every 1,000 souls. No. It had to be enoclophobia. That was what was troubling Danby. Even so, it's hard for enoclophobes to take against the Parahera crowd per se. They are faultlessly well-behaved, lined in candy streets ten or twenty deep for up to six hours as the nightly procession rollicks past. Picnics are held, short eats and blessings flow like floodwaters. The whole fiery event is unexpectedly magnetic. Before the Civil War ended, the Perahera was wholly patronised by locals, the tourists choosing Bali over a war zone. 
Today, well-heeled travellers pay serious money to bag a comfortable seat outside the straight-laced Queen's Hotel, pole position from which to watch the spectacle. Even so, hundreds of thousands of extra people cramming themselves into a tiny city tangled around several mountains is a lot of extra humanity to deal with, however well-behaved they are. As I picture them, I sense looming behind these crowds still greater ones. It took 200,000 years for our world's population to hit a billion, but barely 200 more for it to reach 8 billion. And now the pundits warn that in 30 years' time there will be 25% more. That's a lot more people to fit into land that, as Twain observed, isn't being made anymore. No wonder Danby is stressed. He's also probably seen that mesmerising Edward Munch-like painting, previous occupants of a single room. The room overflows with the ghostly forms of people in different costumes, sleeping, eating, reading, making love, living. Like Danby, my reaction is to retreat up-country, village country, jungle country. Mrs Miniver-like, I gaze across the great green vastness of the jungle here, picturing some of those who saw this very view 500, 5,000 years ago, just a few of the 100 billion people estimated who have ever lived on planet Earth. And looking, my foreigner starts to disintegrate. I picture the First Nation Veda pushed to these inland hills by boatloads of Iron Age migrants from the Indian subcontinent. The columns of medieval refugees fleeing Chola invasions and the destruction of the glittering city of Anurandapura, climbing up from the dry Kurunagala plains into these bastion hills. And the ranks of colonial armies wilting in surge twill, climbing up from the Galagedra Gap, forever failing to take candy until at last the last kingdom fell, victim not to brigades but bribes. These are my friends, these few forgotten people. And walking the narrow mountain roads we have cut on the estate, it's hard to comprehend the seething stress and excitement in the almost equally narrow streets of Candy. Like Danby, I'm staying put. Enoclophobia is, I reckon, something of an age thing. The older you get, the more enoclophobic you become. It's one of ageing's more agreeable symptoms, something you can bring up over dinner or drinks, unlike, say, dribbling or a life-threatening medical condition. It's something to bask in, and bask in it I do. Unless, like Danby, you're very self-disciplined, it is all just too easy to be sidetracked. Nights out, once only offers of Nordic furniture, spinning sessions at ambitious gyms, bagging that last table at Oxo, office jousting, like a medieval knight. Life, in the absence of people or services, is finally about just what you alone should do. Life on the estate is a textbook balance between solitude and activity, calm and commotion. Some six to twelve hotel guests a day eager for the rest and with a thoughtful story to tell. Twenty staff, five miniature schnauzers and eight Marie Antoinette-like goats. Priyanka comes and goes in his little tuk-tuk, fetching fruit and vegetables. The Paliathet village tractor collects rubbish weekly, 
the Salon Electricity Board stops by to fix power lines destroyed by monkeys. It's just about the right amount of hither and thither to keep you plugged into the world. Some friends warn me that I am in severe danger of becoming a sort of hill version of Simon the Stylite. But I aim to be more successful than that. After all, poor old Simon, sitting as a hermit atop his pillar, became so renowned that hordes of curious bystanders swarmed daily at his feet, depriving him of the very solitude he sought. Like Danby, I will get on with my own quirky callings and leave the festivals for next year, or perhaps the next. <laughs>